Walker's Desert Diaries. So, I suppose I better tell you how this whole ridiculous adventure started. First of all, hello, my name's Sam Walker. I was a radio presenter for the BBC for 14 years. Sounds very weird saying this in the past tense. Uh, Most recently on BBC Radio 5 Live. I was also presenter across commercial radio for much longer than that. I'm married to Dave, who works in tech, and I've got two young daughters, now eight and 12. And until about six months ago, we all lived in Manchester in the northwest of England. So this adventure started, I suppose, about 18 months ago while standing in a swimming pool in Phoenix, Arizona, drinking a beer, watching my children play with a huge inflatable flamingo. But to be honest, for the last goodness knows how many years, I'd had this uncomfortable feeling that there was another life out there that I should be living. Now, don't get me wrong, I had such a lovely life. Brilliant friends, I loved my house. I was really, really lucky. But there was just that feeling, that niggle. What if? You know when you go on holiday and then you go home and you think, oh, it's great to be away, but it's so good to be back home. Yeah, I never felt that. (laughs) I never wanted to come home. And not because I wanted to lie on a beach all day and drink cocktails, although obviously who wouldn't want to lie on a beach all day and drink cocktails? But I just had this feeling there was more places to see, more people to meet, more things to experience. Standing still started to feel really uncomfortable. And I really wished it didn't. Standing still to me seemed easier in a way. I was terrified to take a risk because I had a really lovely life. My husband felt exactly the same way as me. In fact, we'd started talking about doing something crazy like trying a new life as far back as 2004. And we had done nothing about it. Nothing at all. It's a bit like looking at a picture of the ocean as opposed to actually jumping in. Then we got the chance to dip our toe in the water and we grabbed it. Dave had to go and do some training in New York. So we went into our savings, took three months off and then took the girls and lived in New York City and then went to see my mum in Sydney, Australia. And they just grew in confidence and knowledge about the world and it was the most wonderful thing we'd ever done. I know we were so lucky to be able to do it. We thought though, maybe the itch had been scratched. It had not. (laughs) We wanted to take a chance, but we were scared. I mean, taking a chance is completely terrifying Feel the fear and do it anyway. How many times have we seen that phrase on motivational posters? But fear trips off the tongue. But when you're feeling it, you're feeling it. It's really, really scary, right? I was scared to quit my job. I was scared to let go of my house. I was scared to take my kids out of their school, their comfort zone. I was scared to leave my friends. I was just scared. But that bloody itch just wouldn't go away. If I felt this scared just thinking about taking a chance, how on earth could I actually do it? Now, a couple of years ago, as part of my podcast, What Goes On Here, I interviewed a man called Craig Stone, who had done something extraordinary. A few years before, he felt he was trapped in a life that was never meant to be his. He hated his job that he had in a car showroom. He was single. He was lonely. He lived in a dreadful, literally rat-infested apartment. And the landlord had just put the rent up, so he couldn't even afford to live there anymore. So what did he do? He took a chance on getting the life he had always wanted instead of trying to cling on to the one that he hated. He quit his job. He walked out of the flat 
and moved into his local park, sleeping in bushes and on benches. He took four pads of paper with him and a bunch of pens and he told himself, I will either die in this park or I will write a novel and change my life. He wrote the novel. He won prizes for it. He now lives with his wife and son in an apartment with no rats and he's published loads of books. When I interviewed Craig, he talked beautifully about the process of taking a chance. He said it was like jumping off a high diving board into a swimming pool. You look up at that board and it seems so high, so unreachable. With every single step up the ladder, you feel more dread. You think about turning back. You're terrified of how that leap is going to feel at the top. But Craig said, the funny thing is, climbing up is the worst bit. The decision to do it, the steps you have to take to get to the point where you take the chance, that is the most frightening bit. You think the leap will be the worst bit, but it's not. When you get to the edge of the board, when you jump off, the fall isn't scary. It's exhilarating. So I tried to channel this. We put our house on a home swap website so we could stay for free in places. We visited San Diego, LA, Boulder, Colorado, went to New York again. We just loved it. But we didn't do anything about taking that chance. We just went home again and felt frustrated. A friend of mine had moved to Phoenix and I wasn't really sure where it was. Arizona? next to California. But he really loved it. He said it was just a magical place, a desert city. He said, come and experience it. So we did. So it was in Phoenix in June 2018, in my friend's swimming pool, surrounded by cacti, looking at the mountains, sizzling in a hundred degree heat, that my husband looked at me and he said, this is it. And he grabbed his phone, he googled his profession and recruitment websites, he saw a job and he applied for it right there in the swimming pool. It felt silly and frivolous and such a long shot. But actually, we'd taken the first step on the ladder. The edge of the diving board was still a very long way away. But then he got an email from the company. They wanted to talk to him. Fear, panic, excitement. What if he got the job? What if he didn't get the job? But then it got withdrawn. We were gutted. It was clearly never meant to be. Three weeks later, taking my daughters to the cinema to watch yet another animated film, the phone started ringing. It was the company. They couldn't find a candidate within the United States. Was he willing to talk? Fear, panic, excitement. Well, over the next few weeks, months, he'd turn to me at random times, at the dinner table, walking the dog on a tram, and just ask for my gut reaction to the question... Phoenix, yes or no? In the supermarket buying bread. Phoenix, yes or no? Yes, yes, yes. In the pouring rain on a dark winter's night. Phoenix, yes or no? Oh, a hundred times, yes. In a taxi on the way back from a night out with our best friends. Phoenix, yes or no? No. He then got an interview and the fear and the dread grew. The thing we dreamed about for years suddenly came into focus. We could see the diving board above us clearly now. The human instinct to protect yourself from threat went into overdrive. There were times I couldn't think of a single reason to leave our lives in Manchester. My daughter passed her 11 plus and got into a really good school. Why would we disrupt her education? What if she didn't like her school in America? What if she failed? Phoenix, yes or no? No, are you mad? The next day there was a brilliant programme on the radio focusing on the uncertain future that the next generation's facing. As politics seems to be pushing communities apart, what will society even look like in a decade or two? 
with Brexit? How will the economy fare? How will our children ever afford to rent their own home, let alone buy one? What will they do for work? The jobs our kids will have probably haven't even been invented yet. But for sure, they won't have a job for life. The conclusion of the experts? The best thing you can do for your kids is to teach them not to be afraid of change. To teach them to adapt. Phoenix, yes or no? The actor Jim Carrey once said that every decision we make is based in either love or fear. I realise all the times I said no to that question was because I was afraid. Afraid of being lonely, afraid of the children being unhappy, afraid it wouldn't work out. But every time I said yes, I was making that decision out of love. To give my children the chance to have new adventures. Not to be afraid of change. For my husband to advance his career. For me to finally do the thing I dreamed about, the crazy thing I dreamed about for so long. If you're not prepared to take a chance and follow your dreams, how can you tell your children to follow theirs? Maybe it wouldn't work out, but at least we'd know we'd tried. Five months after we sat in the pool in Phoenix, my husband got the job. Phoenix, yes or no? Ah! The long, slow application for visas began. It seemed impossible that it would all come together. My husband woke me up at 4am by playing the Eagles Take It Easy on his phone right into my ear. You know the one. Well, I'm standing on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. Phoenix, yes or no, he said. Uh, yeah? That's lucky. I've just got my visa. We were on the diving board. Could we walk to the edge? I'm going to be really honest. I actually shook whilst writing my letter of resignation for a job that I had worked so hard to get. I felt sick when I was rejecting the girls' school places for the following year. And I cried even at the thought of saying goodbye to my dad. I thought again about the interview I'd done with Craig. What do you want to do, he'd said at the time. I said, I just had a crazy dream of going and starting a new life in America and just trying something completely different. That's your dream? I nodded. He then said, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we don't all have the same dreams. One person's dream is completely different to somebody else's. So what if your dreams aren't dreams? What if they're your real life calling you? So listen to your dreams. Climb up that diving board. Make a decision based in love and not fear. Take a chance. I don't know what the future holds. I do not know where I'll be living in five years. I've got no idea what I'll be doing. But do any of us? Really? So on May the 4th this year, our little family sat in a row on a 747 holding hands. As the engine started up, I started crying. As the wheels started turning, my stomach started churning. As the plane left the ground... As we leapt off the diving board, my husband turned to me, and I am not kidding you, said Phoenix, yes or no. I'll see you in the desert. Thank you so much for listening. So there's the start of the story. I'm going to be dead honest and let you know what changing your life or following your dream is actually really like. You know the score. If you subscribe, you won't miss an episode of my life collapsing around my ears. And if you leave a review or a rating, I know it's a faff, but it means that other people are more likely to have a listen and I won't feel like I'm shouting into the void. Thank you. 